right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast MBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. Although, however, Chuck is in the house watching my children while my baby sleeps and my son shows him his favorite maps. So hopefully Chuck can take care of the kids for the next 25 minutes. Well, I talked to Lee Ellis of the Starters. Very excited to have him on the show. He is calling in from, I believe, a hotel room in Oakland where he is covering the NBA Finals. Before we get to Lee, we have a contest that we are running that starts today. You have to get involved today. It's for our Patreon supporters. But if you sign up for Patreon, it just costs a dollar a month. You could be entered to win a NBA Finals prize pack. We are having our Fast Break Breakfast, Breakfast of Champions Finals Challenge, where you fill out a few questions. The person who gets the most questions correct will win a prize pack that includes an NBAstore.com gift card, a Fast Break Breakfast rally towel. It is a novelty towel. Do not use it to try to clean up water. Uh... Also, basketball cards and some stickers and a collectible. So all that stuff can be yours if you join our Patreon for a dollar and win the contest. For the details, go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast and check that out. Patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. All right, now to Lee Ellis. My guest today is an NBA podcaster, a sideline reporter, a host of NBA TV's The Starters, and a three-point marksman, Lee Ellis. Lee, how are you? Fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, Happy to have you. I'm speaking to you early West Coast time. Have you had a chance to have breakfast yet? Uh, Yes, I did. I had it in my room here this morning, had a few bananas, so uh, I'm I'm not too bad here. It's... uh, it's always great to travel, but uh, a hotel breakfast, uh, they, they set you back about $58 for a bowl of oatmeal and some orange juice and a bit of toast. So uh, I have to find a way to be a little more uh, economically sound with my money in the morning. Right. You can't you can't expense those or you got to. Well, we do, we do get a per diem, but it gets eaten up pretty quickly by the uh, by the hotel breakfast. So <laughs> I have to find a way to stretch it out a little bit more. There you go. Yeah, the per diem is definitely, uh, you guys are still in the pocket probably as much as you can. That's that's what, the, the few times in my life I've had a per diem, I was like, this is incredible. I will buy the cheapest thing and just t- take the rest of this home. Well, that's, that's what you have to do. You know, you have to make sure that you uh, stretch it out so that you're not still overspending anyway and ending <laughs> up costing yourself more money. Yep. So you are you're out in Oakland covering the the finals, obviously. But you, you know, you guys still have the TV show. You still have the drop. You still do the, the Twitter shows. What is your schedule like, or what's your schedule been like as far as working during the playoffs? Well, so the playoffs, we haven't really changed our sort of day to day stuff all that much. Um, we still do the five TV shows. We do the Twitter show on Tuesdays, which is live at eleven o'clock, and then we do the drop, which is uh, Fridays audio-only podcast as well. So we've been doing that the same. It's for the finals now that I'm out here for games one and two, and then Trey takes over for three, four, and then depends on, on how much further the series goes after that. Trey will probably do five, and I'll do six and seven if it goes that far. I'm, I'm not sure it will. So uh, what we try to do is still incorporate 
uh, as much as we can for the person on the road into the show. So yesterday, during our, our second segment, I was uh, live with the guys uh, reporting from Oakland here where we had uh, the media practice, or excuse me, the shoot, morning shoot around in the practice and there was a media session. So I reported from that. And then tonight, I'll also be on the show again uh, from the court just before tip-off uh, with the guys. And then uh, it sort of depends after that uh, really on, on the access we have to players um, and if there's anything that's happening. So if I can get an interview with a player, we'll use that in the show. And uh, if I can find some other sort of uh, interesting angle or, or feature to do, I will we'll also do that. Uh, in the past as well, we've spoken we do like a man on the street feature where you just go out with a camera crew and you ask fans a, a certain question and you try to get a a good funny little piece uh, out of that to add into the show, just to sort of incorporate the fans into our show, because that's really uh, what it, what the show's always been about, trying to incorporate the fans as much as possible. So when you're here live in person, it's always great to have that extra angle of being able to talk to people live. And, uh, you know, a lot of the people know the show and they enjoy the show and they enjoy it, especially when they may feature on the show as well in a feature. So it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's a great uh, opportunity for us as well to try something different to get out of the studio and to, you know, try to uh, broaden our skill set. Yeah, the fan on the street bit. A classic, always great, always funny. Uh, yeah, well, you, know, you try to, like I say, you always try to find something that's fun and interesting and engaging. And, uh, and, and again, people, when they see the camera, a lot of people sort of run and hide when they see a camera. They don't want to be on TV, but uh, there's plenty that see the camera and they come running up to you and they want to be a part of it. So uh, that, that makes it fun for us. Yeah, you can ask them, how many, how many points per game do you think Kobe is going to average this finals? And just see what, uh, you know. <laughs> um, so, so you, you've, you've been doing the on-site reporting and, and Trey, like, how did that come about? Was that something that you wanted to do always or did Turner approach you guys and be like, Hey, let's send you to the games. Well, I guess it was a, a bit of both. I, I, I remember um, that our first year down here, we weren't really sure what was going to happen in that first season, of course. And then when the finals came around, uh, the, the, the bosses came up to us and said we should send one of you guys on the road for the finals and so we were like great and Trey, Trey did all that first year by himself uh, with, when it was San Antonio and Miami and then I saw how much fun he was having and, and I thought you know I'd like to be a part of that as well so we've decided since then to split it up to um, you know to share it around a little bit because that's the other thing like it, it's great to be on the road it's great to have this experience but for me personally like I have two little boys at home and to be away from them for more than a week is kind of tough, so I like to come out here, do a couple of games, and then go back and see my family and be back for the uh, for the remaining games in the studio. And then, as I said before, if there's a game six or seven, I might get to go to one of those as well. So it's good to do it like that. And you know, you meet a lot of other NBA uh, media personalities who you know from Twitter, but you haven't actually met in person, and, and you get to catch up with them and, and talk to them. And uh, so it, it's a great opportunity, it's a great experience, and. And it's also, I mean, you're coming to San Francisco as well. There's never a bad time to come here. So that, that's always a lot of fun. And, you know, when you go to these other cities that you may not ordinarily go to, uh, for example, Cleveland, I've been there now several times. And, and I always find it a, a fun place to visit. Um, I mean, it's, it's June when I go there and it's summer and it's nice and warm and everyone's happy because the, the NBA finals are on. Um, so it's just a, it's a fun experience and it's, a, it's something that we really enjoy. And, and every year, when you are out here, you just try to make the most of it and try to make some, bring something new that um, we haven't seen before and, and try to make it, again, more entertaining for our fans and listeners. So you're not tired of going to San Francisco and Cleveland? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I, I always think about it from, like, the third-person angle. If someone said to me, like, oh, man, I have to go to San Francisco again <laughs> to cover the NBA Finals, 
I would just say, what the hell is wrong with you, man? Like, what, <laughs> what are you complaining about? Uh, you know, for most of us, as you get older in life, you know, you, you've been, you've had jobs and you've had experiences where you just don't want to go back to those. And so if you do get a, a job like I have right now, you want to hang on to it forever because, you know, uh, it's, it may not always be like this. And, and it's such a great opportunity. You want to try to embrace it as fully as you can. Yeah, that's a, it's a perfect perspective. I, I, for one, as far as the finals, I'm super excited. It's Cavs-Warriors again, but I honestly don't even want to talk about it that much. I feel like we've hit the angles. But I will ask you, because it's like perfunctory, uh, is there, what, what are you looking forward to the most about this uh, fourth matchup of these teams? Well, I, I know a lot of people are kind of dismissing the series already and, and saying, well, it's the, the Warriors are just going to blow past the Cavs. And, I mean, I picked the Warriors to win it, but this season, definitely, the Warriors were not as convincing as they've been in the past. Where they still were, they're still great. They still won a lot of games, fifty-eight regular season games. I mean, still a fantastic performance. But you could see that they just weren't as totally dominant as they had been in years gone by. And for the Cavs, I mean, I honestly thought this year was the year they weren't going to make it either. And LeBron managed to haul that team back to the finals, coming back from the three-two deficit against the Celtics. That incredible performance in Game Seven. So there's always, to me, that intrigue of, like, LeBron, can, can he just do it again as well? Can he carry this uh, supporting cast past the, the Warriors? Because the fact that he's done it once before, to me, is all the belief that LeBron needs to know that, like, yeah, maybe we can do it again. You know, the odds are against us, and they got they don't have home court advantage, and, you know, Kevin Love may not even play in, in Game 1 or even further into the series. We don't know yet. So there's always that intrigue of, like, LeBron, the best player, can he still summon enough out of his guys to get past one of the best teams and franchises we've seen over the last uh, four or five years in the Warriors? And that, to me, is intriguing. I, I hope I hope we have another tight, close series, and I hope it goes deep. I hope we get six or seven games out of it um, because I think that would just make it uh, a, a, a great way to win this season because this regular season was incredibly fun. There were so many storylines and there was a lot of off-court stuff as well, which was enjoyable and funny as far as, you know, the Joel Embiid social media side of things. And, you know, I think people have been kind of dismissive coming into the, this series saying, ah, oh, it's the Cavs Warriors, it's boring again. But to me, I, I'm fascinated to see what will be different this year and whether or not the uh, Warriors, who I honestly think they may not have even gotten past the Rockets if uh, Chris Paul doesn't blow his hamstring there in Game 5. So, you know, are the Warriors as good as, uh, you know, they're made out to be? Or, or are they maybe a little vulnerable as well? We'll, we'll find out in the next couple of days and uh, next couple of weeks. But um, I think I think there's still a lot of intrigue there for me anyway. Right. Um, so you guys, and I, that's the starters. I'm going to say you guys. I think a lot about the starters. Um, you guys turned a, uh, a basketball podcast, you know, the Basketball Jones, into this successful TV show. And uh, I think you guys are an inspiration or, or something that a lot of other people – look up to or have enjoyed or we see ourselves in like I, we started our basketball podcast actually right after um i went to las vegas summer league for the first time in, in 2014 and you guys were doing the live shows there and i was like these guys are having so much fun and they're just talking about basketball that's that seems cool like i want to do this for fun that, that seems great um so i'm curious when you guys were when you guys were were gr- gaining traction with the basketball jones and like the, the show was getting bigger was there a point where you realized that stuff that you guys were saying might be heard by teams or players? And, and did you guys have to like adjust your strategy at all? Uh, I mean, 
not not really one particular moment. Um, certainly, since we've been at NBA TV and we've had a bigger platform, we know that players know and watch the show. Well, uh, you know, not every player and not every single show, but there's been things that have happened that have indicated to us that uh, players are watching the show. And, and one, I mean, for me, one of the most significant moments was. Uh, during the 2015 three-point shootout when Steph Curry won it for the first time and he hadn't won it in three previous trips. And he was asked by someone in the media, they said uh, afterwards, like, you haven't won this before, Take, you know, this is your fourth time and you won it, what was the difference? And Steph referred to uh, one of the shows where I was talking about the three-point shootout and saying how how players stack the ball to, their, to the which side of their body they stack the ball because I think that helps them get into a rhythm shooting. Now, Steph didn't reference my name uh, or even – he didn't even say the starters, but he said NBA TV. They were talking about it, but it was obvious what he was talking about because yeah. that was our friend. And so, uh, like, immediately as soon as they said that, people on Twitter were like, oh, my God, Steph just said this and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I watched it and I'm like, oh, I wish he said my name. I wish he said the show. But anyway, so earlier this year before the uh, All-Star Weekend, because I do the three-point shootout myself for the show every year, and so I went out actually here, back to Oakland here, and uh, Steph was like my coach, and we were talking about it. And so, you know, for me to have that moment where something I said on the show was heard by, you know, the, the, an MVP and maybe the greatest shooter we've ever seen, and then he not only heard it, but he incorporated that into what he was doing, and then he had success with it was just a really uh, staggering moment for me and, and something that was really, really cool and really awesome. So I was really happy with that. But I also know as well that we have uh, criticised players and, and said things that players don't like. Um, but none of that is about trying to go to player into responding or, or trying to get into a, a fight or anything like that with someone. I mean, our job is to be objective and to be as honest as we can with um, our, our listeners and viewers and, and try to give our perspective. And so... I'm sure there's, there's players out there who have heard things we've said and not liked it, um, but we, we never go out to say, well, I'm not going to say anything bad about this guy because I, I hope to interview him one day or anything like that. I mean, we, we still say what we, uh, what we believe and, and what is uh, our opinion. And, you know, if that upsets somebody, then that upsets somebody. But we never sort of say, oh, you better not say that just in case he doesn't like it. If that's how you, you truly feel about someone or when you're criticising someone's performance, then you have to say it. And, uh, I mean, I've been critical of James Harden, uh, you know, in the playoffs in the past because, you know, he's been an incredible player uh, as, as he's likely to win the MVP this year. But there have been definitely times in the playoffs where he goes missing. And, and I've mentioned that. And, and I think that's important for me to acknowledge that that's what happened, that he is a great player. But in the playoffs, there are times where you wonder, you know, where he sort of, where his mind goes maybe because um, he doesn't perform at that same level. So, but if you don't if you don't say things like that that you truly believe and that you you, um, you you figure these things out by watching the league and following the games and following the players, then I don't think the show would be as successful because people would then feel that maybe we're only saying things to just try to you know not upset anybody or, or not make any uh, players you know not like the show. Yeah, I, I have like the the smallest percentage of that because obviously we're a very small podcast, but it's like. I feel like, uh, you know, like I had a, had a player on a show and then it's like, I want to say something negative and I'm like, oh, I guess maybe, I don't know. I guess I'll, I guess I'll hold back a little or like the Grizzlies. Like I'm a Grizzlies fan. I love the Grizzlies. Uh, we do some work with the Grizzlies. Like two people at the Grizzlies know who we are, but then it's like, oh, right. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, uh, all right. I guess I'll, 
Actually, I haven't been, la- been laying back. <laughs> yeah, the thing, the thing is with that, though, I mean, like I say, if, you, um, if, if you're only going to say things, to, you know, nice things about people, then, you, you know, you're probably not going to be all that successful as, as far as building an audience because people will, will be able to sense that. Yeah. Uh, having said that, if you also say, you know, idiotic or crazy things just to try to draw attention to your podcast, that's also probably the wrong way to do it because we know there are so many podcasters and TV shows out there as well that are, that, that you know, the real clickbait uh, era of like say something just as outrageously stupid as you can just so people won't tune in to see you know, I can't believe a guy would actually say this. And so we, we don't ever want to get like that. Um, you know, and, and the other thing as well, like, you know, sometimes you're wrong. Like uh, I've said things and, you know, you get proven wrong and it's like, damn, it sucks to be wrong. But at the same time, I never said anything to try to deliberately get, you know, to be wrong or to be right. You know, you say things and sometimes you get them wrong, you know, and, that, and that's the way it is and you have to move on. But as long as you're being honest with yourself and uh, and you're, you're saying things that you truly believe are, are right at the time, then you can live with the, the outcome of it because, um, you know, we often make predictions and we always say, I think this is going to happen or that's going to happen or whatever. And uh, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But as long as you're being, you know, true to yourself, then I think that's all you can ask for. Yeah, and you mentioned also, like, you don't want to just say nice things, but... One of the defining features, and this is a good thing, one of the defining features in my mind of the starters is as individuals, you guys seem really friendly and genuinely nice. And again, like the the two or three times I've just said hey to you guys, and you're always talking to everyone and being so friendly. Did you guys ever have like a strategy session where where you said as a podcast, as a show, guys, let's be super generous and nice to everybody? Or is that just kind of like what you guys are? You guys just like talking basketball with people? No, well, that, that's exactly what it is. I mean, if, if you have to fake being nice or pretend being nice, then eventually it's going to catch up with you. I mean, you, you, you know, the, the one, the truest thing I think I've learned, uh, particularly about being on the show now for five years is you just have to be yourself. You have to be yourself because people are going to like you or hate you no matter what. And if you're trying to be somebody else or you're trying to act a certain way or a certain character, uh, then you're just not being totally true to, to, to who you are. And so, because I know as well, like for all the four of us on camera and even Matt and JD who are not on camera, but they're obviously uh, the director director and producer of the show, we all have a, a group of fans who love us and we all have a group of fans who hate us. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Like some people, it doesn't matter what you do, they hate you for it. And there are other people who like anything you say or you tweet or what you say on the show, people just love it and they think it's great. And, and that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. And so you never sort of really want to go out and say, well, I'm going to try to win over this audience, so I'm going to say these things to these people or whatever. It's uh, You have to just be who you are and, and, and realize that some people are going to like you for it and some won't. And so you know, we've, we've never sat around and said, all right, guys, we're going to Vegas. Make sure you put on your friendly face and say nice things to people. Mm-hmm. Like what you those interactions you've had with us and other people have had, I mean, that's, that's just us because we, we're just fans as well. At the end of the day, I mean, the show started as a podcast in 2006 when it was Skeets, Tass, and JD. And, and, you know, they had no grand strategy of how things were going to work out. It was more like, oh, let's just do this for a while and see how it goes. And then as things got more successful and got better, they learned to get better and, and added things to the show. And, um, you know, it grew organically from there. And, and so the people that uh, you see in Vegas are exactly the same people that are in the office every day that, that we work with. And, you know, we, we have no one 
no one's there going, oh, man, I don't want to go and have to be friendly to people. It's like, <laughs> you know, the, the interactions we have are genuine and, and, and uh, you know, they, they you're, you're getting the real full experience of what it's like to meet one of us. Like there's no hidden agendas or uh, hidden personalities there that you don't see. So the, the three-point shooting, uh, Lee, you obviously, in, probably an apex moment, as you mentioned, Steph Curry sort of citing your, your influence in the three-point contest. But every year you do the actual, or you do a three-point contest, you've, you've gotten really good at it. Uh, are you right now at maybe your apex of basketball skill in your life? Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah, I, I don't know, maybe. I mean, it, it's just one of those things that... Uh... Like growing up, I was I dreamed of playing in the NBA. You know, like most you know most, most kids, if you play a sport, you want to make it to the top. <clears throat> and uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess I got to around probably fifteen or sixteen, and I realised I was pretty small. And you know, like I, I I actually went to school with a couple of guys who were incredibly athletic, and I was like, I mean, these guys are just in a different planet to me as far as how close they are to reaching their sport. And I thought, well, I guess, uh, you know, the truth is I'm never going to make it in the NBA. But I love the game and I've played men's leagues. And, <clears throat> you know, no matter what level you play at, if you win and have success, it feels great because that's what you hold. That's what you want to do. You want to win championships and you want to, you know, you want to play in leagues where you win the final at the end and, and have that feeling of like being on top of your level of your league. And so, you know, that was great. But as I got older, it's harder to play consistent basketball, especially with a family. And, and you know, uh, I've got two young boys, as I mentioned earlier. Not, I'm not able to play in a league a lot, but whenever I get a chance to shoot around, I do. And it's uh, it's great. Yesterday, I was shooting around again on the court um, because there was uh, a media session that ended and uh, we were doing a feature for NBA TV and they said, oh, we need we need an extra body. And so I said, great, I'll come out there. And <clears throat> as soon as the ball came out, I started shooting. And, and you know, it's something that, Every time you shoot, you you just you know you you want to shoot well, and so you know you put in the effort and you try and you practice. And you know I've um, I've changed the way that I look after my body as well the last few years because you need to be in better shape as you get older because things just become tougher. So you try to take care of yourself, and then when you're out on the court, all those years of shooting. I mean, I've been playing you know for 35 years. You realise like what works for you and, and and how to shoot better. And if you keep practicing and keep trying and, and focus on all those things that you've done throughout your life uh, to get to become a better shooter, they start to pay off. So it's it's just so much fun for me. Like I just love I love playing basketball. I'm never I'm not sick of it. I'm never going to you know uh, ever turn down an opportunity to play, particularly uh, shoot around on a court that's going to be used for the NBA Finals tonight. So um, <clears throat> you know I, it's just it's, it's just something that. I think if I didn't have the same passion and love for the game still, maybe I wouldn't have the same love and passion for the show that we do. Because if, if my uh, if I ever got bored with it, then maybe I'd get bored with covering the league as well. So I'm very thankful that I still feel that same uh, passion for the game of basketball that I did when I was a kid shooting around in my backyard. But but 10 years ago, could could you hit, you know, just drain NBA 3 after NBA 3? <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, that back to... That comes back to the fact that, um, you know, you, you just, when you're in your 20s and, and, and even into your 30s, you're like, you can just turn up without warming up and stretching and play and you're not too bad. But then, you know, I'm in my 40s now, I'm 42. So it was probably when we when I, we had our first uh, child six years ago, I remember even little things like picking him up out of his crib and changing his diaper and running around. And I was like, I'm gassed already. I shouldn't <laughs> be like this. I mean... So that's when I realized I had to take better uh, better uh, control of my body and start taking better care of myself. And so 
I started working out and I started doing this bar three stuff, which is uh, really, really good to help, you know, help uh, even out the sort of balance and weight of your body and just give yourself more core strength. And that's made a huge difference. So now when I shoot, because NBA threes as well, like they are far, like they are a long way out. So, you know, the fact that I get to practice sometimes in the NBA TV studio at work, I get to shoot those. And so, you know, again, it's more about repetition and then you realize, okay, I need to do this and, and practice and warm up. And so, you know, I, I was always a reasonably good shooter as a kid anyway at playing basketball, but now shooting NBA threes, it's like it takes a whole lot more effort uh, to do that. So, you know, I guess it's just been really since I've been at NBA TV and I've been able to practice that now I realize like, okay, I can actually knock in some NBA threes, but uh, it's, it's, it, it's just something about, I guess, you realize that you can't just walk into the gym anymore without doing anything as far as, you know, watching what you eat and taking care of yourself. If you think you can still perform the way you did when you're 20 and you can just wake up on a hangover and go out and play basketball and it's no different than, uh, you know, if you, if you went out and just had nothing the night before and you just woke up fresh. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's all about body maintenance and, uh, understanding, uh, again, through experience, just how to become a better shooter and, uh, and, and to, use your body to your advantage and, and get the most out of your body you can. All right, last question. We normally avoid uh, the mainstream topics. We go for the divergent stories. However, the mainstream topic of the last couple of days is so entertaining. I do have to ask you, do you or any of the starters have any Twitter burner accounts? <laughs> well, I guess the whole, uh, the whole key with a, a burner account is that no one knows about it. So uh, what I can I can only speak for myself and say no I don't have any burner accounts I simply don't have the interest or the time <laughs> to get into pissing contests online with people. Um, as far as the other guys, I mean I, I can I can only say that none that I know of. Anyway, I guess you'd have to ask them individually if they have any, but I can't imagine they do because uh, again you know Twitter Twitter was so much fun a long time ago when you know you could engage with people and have fun conversations, but now it just seems everything is so nasty and, and people are always trying to belittle each other and, and put each other down. And, you know, it's not as fun. And so for me, I've really cut back on my Twitter use anyway, for that reason, because it, it doesn't matter sometimes what you tweet. People just want to turn it around or, 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 or um, you know, mix your words up and make out as if you're saying something you're not and try to uh, imply things that you're saying aren't there. And, and it just, it creates this, sort of ugly environment. So I try to uh, I try to sort of use it as I can as a business tool to engage with fans to, the, to as much as I can without it getting to the point where if someone doesn't like what I've said or done or whatever, I don't want to get into this great big back and forth, uh, you know, where it's like you see sometimes like a thread of like 25 tweets where people are just <laughs> basically shouting at each other, yeah. but no one's and, and it just looks bad on everyone. So, um, you know, so no, no, no burner accounts for me. Uh, but uh, the other guys, I'll, I'll say I don't think so, but you'd have to ask them individually to, to make sure. My Twitter rule, if I can't resolve the issue in two replies, I'm done. Two replies. If, yeah. we, can, if we can't solve this in well, two replies, we're, we're good. And the thing is, with me, I find that sometimes I'm like, oh, I will reply to this person and hopefully they'll be reasonable and they'll understand. And then they come back with something ridiculous and you're like, why do I even bother? You know, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make any all right. Well, Lee, thanks so much for making time for me during your uh, busy work schedule. Uh, where will we see you next? Probably tonight on television, right? Yes. Yes. I'll be on tonight on the show tonight before tip off. I think we're on at uh, 6.30 Eastern time. So I'll be on around uh, 10 minutes into the show. 
that's great, Lee. Look forward to seeing you. And uh, thanks for coming on one more time. No worries. Anytime. All right. Thanks to Lee for coming on the show. I was pretty excited to get him on. Uh, behind the scenes, right when we were wrapping up, Chuck uh, came down the stairs holding Julie Andrews, who was terrified to have awoken from her nap to see Chuck's bearded face looking down upon her. So uh, the timing was perfect. Chuck saved the day, came over and babysat, and we got to talk to uh, Lee Ellis, which was super fun. I wanted to ask him more about uh, getting fit because the starters are also fit now. I wanted to know if they were uh, told by management or that's just something they wanted to do. If you, if you doubt me how fit Lee Ellis is, look up the episode where he gets waxed. It's waxed on air. I think he did it on purpose so he could show off his abs. Anyway, great stuff from Lee. Thanks, you guys, for checking us out. If you want to become a Patreon supporter, if you joined before the NBA Finals start on Thursday night, you could join the NBA Finals Breakfast of Champions Challenge and win a prize pack. You can sign up for $1, and then if you're lucky, you'll win a prize pack with some basketball cards, a $20 gift certificate to nbastore.com, a fast break breakfast growl towel, some stickers. So if you sign up before tip-off of game one tonight and fill out the form on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast, you can win the prize pack. So go ahead and do that. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G&G. Fair break break, man. You understand? Know